morning, everyone. Welcome to this episode of Coffee with Jim and James. James, as I normally do, you know, some of my stories about, I, I'm thinking back to when Gary and I first met. Uh, I was in Antarctica because I was lost looking for an SGA. You know what? Never mind about that. Let me, let me be real today. As everybody knows, people say that I am a very much a storyteller and I like to tell stories, which I do. And full disclosure, I usually come up with these ideas 30 seconds, three minutes beforehand. They just hit my brain. And it's interesting, though, today to be real with everybody. I was, you know, just going through my mind. And one thing actually stuck out that actually happened. It was years and years back. I was at a uh, SGA event. And I remember being in a large corridor and I was working on some problems, walking around and trying on my phone. And, you know, and this gentleman walked up to me. And I don't think Gary remembers this, but just walked up and said, hey, are you doing all right? You have an all right day? I'm like, oh, I got some problems, you know, this, that, or the other thing. He goes, anything I can do to help you? And I said, I really appreciate that. You know, I said, but no, I'm just going to, hopefully I'll get them worked out and I can go back into the sessions. He goes, well, my name is Gary. It's nice to meet you. And we met and I don't think he remembers that, but uh, honestly, it's stuck in my head and I wanted to share that little story today. And Gary, it stuck with me from these years and I try to pass it on forward when I see somebody that might be, um, you know, just having a, a, a tough day. So thank you for that, my friend. That was very kind of you. And I wanted to thank you personally and publicly for that. So with public. that, it's all public now. It, it's Gary, whether you liked it or not or whether you remember it, it's public but jimmy uh quite the intro and i liked it because uh we got we got a real story out of you this time uh, <laughs> i remember meeting gary a few different times but i remember seeing him speak uh in front of the tga a couple of years back and uh, it's a really good message about uh, us all being champions for natural gas and how to do that really every single day and uh, Gary, we were excited when you accepted and said you'd join us on the show. So welcome to the show. Uh, can welcome. you live up to that kind of hype? I'm not, I'm not sure I can. I certainly brought my cup of coffee this morning, so I'm ready for that part of the conversation. Cheers no to you, sir. Cheers. Yeah, cheers to you guys. And that may be our uh, first cheers, funny enough, which really? is sad. Uh, we should do that more often. First time. And I appreciate, uh, Jim, the feedback. I, I will say that... Um, as I was just uh, uh, explaining to you guys before before we got started, you know, through this whole pandemic, I've realized I'm more of an extrovert than I thought I was. Um, I, I like to give myself the excuse of, well, I'm an engineer, so therefore I'm an introvert, and that's how I make a living is being an introvert. Right. And it's not quite that true. I'm I'm certainly more of an extroverted introvert, and so whenever I got the invitation, I thought, you know, this will be. Uh, this will be fun and uh, certainly, you know, chat about some information and, and uh, share some uh, uh, maybe air quote wisdom. Uh, let, let's see how that plans out at the end of the day here. But um, certainly an opportunity to, to just uh, kick back a bit and uh, reflect on uh, relationships. And Jim, you point out something that I have um, gained a greater appreciation and value for. Uh, and that is just how I'll use this term in general, but trade associations, um, individual member organizations, wherever you find a place to engage, uh, it's extremely helpful. So, uh, you know, we, we, we work in a big industry, but as I say, it's a pretty small network. And yeah. I really, I really like that. Yep. Yeah. I, I, this, this is an example of it. I mean, this, 
you know, no matter where you end up or what it is, that that relationship keeps us bonded. This industry's we we hear every every show almost somebody brings up that same fact. And we, Gary, I don't know if you've seen some of the episodes, but we're big advocates of helping folks understand that there's a lot of smart people sitting at tables trying to figure everything out in this world in our industry and have been for many and many years. And a lot of people simply just, I don't know, I don't know if they think people are throwing darts out there trying to figure out how to, you know, throw us for a loop or something, but there's a lot of people out there, you being one of them, Gary, for a long time, uh, that are proactive and out there trying to figure out these problems and, and turning them into opportunities. Yeah. And, and I, that. that's a, that's a, that's a great point, James. And the fact that, uh, you know, when I first got introduced, uh, my first trade association of being introduced, uh, was, was probably Inga and AGA and SGA certainly introduced to all of those. And, uh, I, I became the most engaged with SGA back in 2006, 2007 in the gas control committee. Um, and, and it was almost by accident. It's not something that I was searching for, but I learned pretty quickly that, gosh, there, there's, uh, you know, there's people that are sitting out there that uh, are not struggling, but they're asking questions just like I am. And here I assumed that, you know, the answers were there and not being sought. And I'm very curious. Uh, I always want to be learning. That's my, that's my hashtag. Hashtag always be learning. That, that's my hashtag and requires a certain amount of curiosity and wanting to learn and, um, you know, just trying to make sure that uh, we can keep advancing what we know and, and what we don't know, we, we try to identify and learn more about it. Uh, it's a great point, and, and I couldn't agree with you more. Every day we can learn something new, and if we pass that on, you know, we say it's a small, big industry. I mean, it's huge, but it seems very small, and it's amazing the people that call all the time, you know, just for, hey, do you know anything about this? Can you, can you point me in the right direction? And Gary, you spent years in the industry. Uh, again, a lot of folks know you from your SGA days, um, now with PRCI. You want to bring us up to speed on what your current role mission is with PRCI and just give a give us a high level view of that, please. Yeah, I'll give you an elevator speech, if you will, on, on that uh, PRCI Pipeline Research Council International, another trade association. Uh, so, it's, you know, it's uh, it's interesting. A lot of the same member organizations specifically on the pipeline side for, for the natural gas operators, but it also includes the hazardous liquid operators. Uh, and as the name implies, it is international. So we have membership in the Middle East. Uh, we have membership in Europe. We have membership in China. We have membership uh, in Australia. Um, so talk about a diversity of experience and diversity of challenges. Uh, we certainly see that uh, in a, just in a different way. And from a mission perspective, uh, we are collaborating, uh, bringing the members together and collaborating on finding uh, solutions through applied research. So our organization manages a, a portfolio of research projects. A lot of them are, are tied up into uh, integrity management. Um, you know, what, what we know is uh, smart tools or, you know, the uh, inline inspection tools. Uh, but we do things in, in the fun space of drones and uh, satellite imagery and um, you know, corrosion. Uh, corrosion is one of those things that just never, never goes away. So we're always looking for a better way to assess, a uh, better way to monitor, uh, and a better way to manage. So um, we manage the portfolio, but then we hire research contractors, whether that be through universities, whether that be what I would call true 
um, research firms uh, that, that have the really smart people, you know, the, the ones with the PhDs behind their names. And, and I don't mean that in a kidding way. They are some smart, oh, no smart uh, individuals that, that know how to uh, you know, find solutions. And so we bring the industry together and fund research projects. But the beauty is exactly what we were just talking about regarding that peer evaluation, the peer conversation, the networking and advancing and uh, well, what you said, uh, here's what I heard you say. Can we take that and leverage into this project this way? I, I love that. That's the beauty of it. So uh, a lot of the same companies, but different individuals that I've been able to meet over the last couple of years, uh, now two and a half years into this role. And my specific role is uh, vice president of operations. So I, I deal a lot with the day-to-day -day operations of the organization, uh, but also within uh, my group is our uh, program managers, which manage the research portfolio and can't say enough great things about their passion uh, yeah. for the industry. I, 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 I kid often that from a staff perspective, we have a different, um, a different tag for what PRCI means, and that's people really committed to the industry. And that's wow. what us as staff really drive towards is just a passion to improve. And, and again, continuously learn, but to continuously advance. And we do that through uh, an aggregation of uh, pipeline operators, of vendors, consultants, uh, ILI tool providers, inline inspection, uh, for those that are not familiar with uh, ILI. Um, so yeah, it, it's, uh, it's, been a, it's been a great ride. It's certainly different than where I met you guys originally from walking sure. up and down the halls at Southern Gas Association, <laughs> but uh, I've learned to apply some things from that experience in course into this uh, current role that I have now. That's awesome. Uh, I always like to hear kind of the origin story of some of these things. This is yeah. my favorite part is, is the intro and the fact that we got like probably 10, 12, 15 minutes into the show and Gary just told us what his title was just, I think is a testament of how poor of a job Jim and I really do of, of the show. But uh, Gary, you hit on something that I, like I'm a nerd man deep down when I got all excited when you started talking about the data and the analytics on that side, but uh Let's talk about that, the ILI or the, the smart inline inspection. Yeah. Um, th there's been a lot of investment on that side. Um, we've, we've got clients and, and different folks. So it's a lot of buzz going on. Do you want to talk about that a little bit and how that's changed and what the outlook is? Yeah, I appreciate you bringing that up. One thing that I would say, um, you know, we, we call them smart tools for a reason because they are, they are really smart. They're smart people that are telling them what to do. Uh, but, but it's almost like the term smart tool is an absolute. Uh, the, the, the one thing that I would say is those tools are getting smarter. And of course, that's by advancement in technology. Uh, you know, they, they, they continue to, to be able to uh, detect what they need to detect and find cracks and find flaws and find corrosion and find dents. Uh, that, 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 that's been, you know, technology that frankly has been around for 20, 25 plus years. I can remember my days back uh, working for Williams whenever I worked for the pipeline operator side and uh, being out at 1 a.m., you know, tra tracking those pigs, running through the system. Yep. And, and uh, um, I didn't think they were so smart at that point in time since we were still waiting for it to come out the other end of a pipeline at 1 a.m. But uh, regardless, um, you know, we've, we've got some technology that's just what I call foundational. It, it's not really changed, but the, the accuracy of finding uh, has certainly improved. Uh, if you will, the probability of detection and uh, the, you know, the, the, um, uh, the probability of identification. 
that continues to improve. And what that does for our industry specifically is it helps the operator determine, should I dig this up or should I not dig this up? I think all of us can appreciate that, you know, as costs continue to go up for equipment, for labor, uh, for overhead, that the less you have to dig, the better it is. But you got to have a level of confidence to know, I don't have to dig that up. And so uh, a lot of work within the last, you know, really the last 18 uh, 24 months, uh, we've got a couple of projects that are actually co-funded by the Department of Transportation uh, to advance that work, to make sure that, you know, whatever anomalies that we think we can see, and we've got a facility in Houston that is a collection of, I don't know, 1,500 uh, anomalies from around the world. Uh, I call it the Smithsonian of, of pipe defects. That's the best way I can describe the technology uh, development center that sits in Houston. And uh, we put uh, known defects in a string and ask the ILI providers, the inline inspection providers, run your smart tool and tell us what you find. And we'll tell you how accurate that is. And then they go back and they refine their algorithms so that they can better detect what we already know exists within the string. Raises the confidence level. Sure. And so therefore you can reduce the digs and you can dig what you actually should be digging instead of I don't have a high level of confidence. I feel like I need to go dig that just to verify. So process of improvement and our industry, I think does a better job at this, by the way, than what most people realize. For whatever reason, the pipeline industry gets this antiquation sense to it. I think that's wrong. Uh, we're doing a lot more in this space of technology advancement than people realize. Now, is it behoove us to do a better job of communicating that? I believe it does. Uh, but there's a whole lot of great things happening from technology advancement and specifically whenever it comes to these smarter ILI tools that are getting advanced in the industry. I, I just love the art of artificial intelligence side of it, the machine learning, the neural network side of it. Just That's the part that I'm excited that, you know, I, I've said it for a long time. Well, not a long time. I haven't been in this industry that long. But since I've been in this industry, you know, There'll come a day very soon when we can say all variables point to an accident right now, you know, shut it down. Right. And that's, you know, whether it be from an inte pipeline integrity standpoint or qualification or a combo of all those things, we're creating with data and big data a more and more likelihood of that being a possibility. Yeah, and, and that's and, amazing. And, and James, I would say on that specifically, the area that I think we have the the the, the nearest term advancement for artificial intelligence, machine learning, is in leak detection. Uh, leak detection requires an enormous amount of data to do the uh, uh, the computational uh, monitoring that that takes place. Certainly refine the algorithms, but it takes an enormous amount of data. So Just I do think data. that's the area that we will see the most advancement. And of course, there's, you know, there's um, uh, the NTSB now has uh, on their most wanted list uh, advancing leak detection. So I think in our industry, pipeline industry specifically, we'll and maybe that. more specifically on the hazardous liquid side, but I think you're going to see more advancement on AI through leak detection. And, uh, Honestly, and if we see any, I think people's eyes will just open bright and, and it'll explode on our, oh, that's bad. You know what I'm saying? It will grow astronomically on our side because yeah. people just don't know what they don't know. And it's exactly right. And yes. Gary, you nailed it. It's data. And the more data we can pass through, the more complicated, the more extreme those edge cases, all of that that can be pumped through those algorithms, the, the exciting stuff begins to happen.
Well, if I could comment real quick on that, James, to say that, um, you know, instead of instead of what I call not the traditional research lab work ever goes away, I don't think it does. Uh, but we're certainly putting ourselves more in the space of leveraging, you know, the the millions of lines of data that are available and learned from that. And what we see as trends, what we see as gaps, what we see as opportunities. Yep. There, there's a real space in that. And again, th there are operators that are advancing that pretty quickly, some more than others. Uh, but collectively, I do see some momentum happening where there's more data sharing uh, in the future. There's still hesitancy around that, but but it's getting better. It's maturing as, as it should. That's Sorry, you know, Gary. You see us just geek out for a minute. I, Jim, I, I Jim's know, eyes glassed like, over for so we started talking about neural networks, and Jim just drifted I'm out. Just like, well, you know where my mind is. I'll be honest with you. I I'm a hands-on type of person, and I respect you, gentlemen. And you know, and I love it when James goes. I want to geek out for a bit because it's just so fun watching that. But you mentioned a facility in Houston that actually has nuts and bolts and pipes and stuff. Yep. And that's yep. my world. You know, that's something I that I cannot wait. Hopefully I can visit that facility and take a look at that because that's a story definitely where, you know, I, I do tell a lot of stories and that's a story that I would like to tell. Yeah. And let how do we get that, that invite, Gary? Well, yeah. you, you, you just you asked, so it sounds like uh, publicly, I need to make sure that you guys have the invite. So <laughs> Uh, we, uh, you know, it, uh, uh, candidly, we are, we are open for business. Uh, we, we, we are hosting events there uh, okay. and, um, you know, love to find an opportunity of somehow doing something similar, similar to this with the backdrop of uh, the facility. Oh, and man. as I said, We're it's in. Smithsonian I know a guy. Uh, pipe defects. I know three guys. We're in. No, seriously. Yeah. We're in. That's uh, the kind of stuff. I mean, we, we live for that stuff. So, uh, yeah. Jimmy would love to go to, to, you said it was in Houston, right, Gary? In Houston. I, yeah. Here's my only ask. You guys have to buy me barbecue. That's my only requirement. <laughs> I'll make you barbecue. I'm done. I'm done. Well, wait, wait, hold on. Full disclosure. I'm in West Palm Beach, Florida. Barbecue here is a hamburger that they put ketchup on. Okay, so it's a little bit different than Texas barbecue. Yeah. So yeah. Um, uh, you'll see me first in line buying everybody barbecue when Perfect. I get back. Gary, Perfect. Back. So deal. We, we got that we got that settled in we just got to okay, find the date awesome well at least it's four people that know it so the three of us and our one viewer out there so you know we're, we're good to go uh, well, we, got room, we got yeah. we got room for him then gary I, I you know also i you were talking about everything from past present and future tying them together you know best practices you know data points blah 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 you guys are geeking out my mind also raced uh, in the news over months now, we've been seeing a lot about hydrogen, hydrogen this, hydrogen that. A lot of people are asking me questions because I'm in the energy business. You know, how does it work? What's the applications? How's it transported? Blah, blah, blah. Have you run across hydrogen in, uh, in your daily to-dos? Studies. It, it's, yeah, it's um, it's a fascinating question uh, in the fact of uh, simplistically how you put it. The simple answer is yes. The one thing I would say regarding hydrogen, here's what I would not have expected. If we would have had this coffee chat a year ago, yep. I, I would have said, yeah, it's being talked about and there's some conversation out there. I would not have expected as much maturity in discussion and conversation uh, as we have today. Okay. Um, I, I tell you that the, honestly, the you know a few things regarding the hydrogen front. 
Uh, first of all, it's, it's not really new. Uh, we specifically, PRCI, we've been researching things about hydrogen since back to 1970, 1972. Yep. Now, you can look at the amount of research that even we have done since then, and it's exponentially more now than it was, was then. You broaden that on a macro scale around the world, and there's certainly a lot of work that is happening in Europe uh, from a research perspective. Um, the uh, Gas Technology Institute has a technology, or excuse me, a hydrogen uh, center that, that, they have, that, that they have launched. Uh, they have partnered with EPRI in, in putting out there a low carbon um, uh, initiative. So, so there's a lot of work underway in this space. Candidly, that the biggest challenge is coordinating uh, and, and making sure that we're not duplicating their efforts, they're not duplicating our efforts. That's the biggest need is just making sure that we're coordinated um, from, from, a, from a hydrogen use in our infrastructure within the United States. Here would be my comments on that, is that uh, there are some states, and, and I will pick out uh, California specifically. We, we've got some members in California that uh, are, the, the, the conversations are a lot more matured, and, and that is driven from the state regulatory front, uh, okay. the state, uh, the, the uh, utility commission there. And, you know, they're already blending that, you know, five and seven, uh, may, maybe 10, 15% hydrogen into the stream to see what the impacts are. But whenever you look at our, you know, pipeline system, and let's just pick on the natural gas pipeline system of, you know, 150,000, 200,000 miles of pipeline, the real question is how, how do you make sure that there's an interchangeability amongst the different pipelines? So if you're blended at a five to 10%, how do you move that to another pipeline system? Right. Uh, there's a lot of gaps there that, that have to be answered. And aside from just what we look at of more of the, uh, the physical assets, because you've got hydrogen being induced into a pipeline system and existing infrastructure. Uh, you've also got uh, you know, hy hydrogen that can migrate. It's a much smaller particle. So it migrates through um, uh, materials in a different way than what natural gas does. So it is a monster issue to look at. Uh, There's so many different ways that hydrogen is different than natural gas. Uh, it has to be looked at from a holistic basis. So we have parts that we're carving out, the PRCI will look at uh, and roadmap for the next three to five years. And then we'll work with the other organizations for what I call the full value chain from production through transportation and into delivery to customers. So, so Jim, I'm not directly answering your question, but there's activity underway. Uh, the, the conversations have got to continue. One more comment I would make regarding hydrogen as much as we're doing on the physical asset side, we got to keep in mind that there's what I call the commercial component to this for, again, interchangeability, gas quality standards, uh, co co contracts, and how, how uh, um, hydrogen is shipped through our pipeline system. So again, it's, it's a very complicated web of issues. Some of them are being talked about pretty heavily and others not as much. So uh, it will be, here's what will be fascinating, gentlemen, is in the next year, uh, you know, if, if each one of us wrote down today what we think happens in the next year, my guess is based on the momentum for the last 12 months, that we will be way off of our, our estimates, uh, that it will advance much quicker than what we think it will, just based on the last 12 months and how things have matured and advanced. And Jim, just as you pointed out, you're getting more and more questions about it. Yeah. I don't know that a year ago, I would have guessed that. Uh, would have been one of those, you know, hypothetical conversations. No, now it's very much more 
uh, how does this impact the facility and impact me as a worker for the facility? Great well, conversation. And Gary, that's the, I mean, that's, that question is as much a personal question for Jim and I as, you know, sharing it with everyone else, because again, it's such a new conversation. I mean, we want to be educated as well so that we can help bring people along in this conversation. So just being able to share that with folks to get a clear picture that, again, really smart things going on behind the scenes. If you would like to get involved, we know some people That's right. uh, that, that you can sit next to. Yep. Jimbo, hey. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to bring us home. Um, I, I was going to say, do you rock, paper, scissors, or you got it? I'm going to take this one. Uh, do it. Do it. Gary and I are basically neighbors. Again. We're close. Ish. Uh, Gary, do you love what you do? I do uh, a lot. Uh, one, one, one thing that uh, I'm sure you guys get asked this too, you know, you're sitting around and kind of doing an icebreaker and somebody might say, what's the one job you've ever had that you just didn't like? And I've never had a job that I don't like. I've never have. Uh, I, I mowed grass and did landscaping in high school. And Love that's it. what helped me put myself through uh, college to some extent. And uh, I started out of the gate working for, for the Williams companies and learned a lot there. Um, you know, moved to SGA and had uh, some various roles there and now sitting at PRCI. So, um, you know, the, somebody has asked me before as I, as I enter my kind of late, late forties now and start looking at starting to be able to spell that R word retirement, you know, it's, it's getting closer. So, so the question comes up of, well, when do you want to retire and, and what might, what might that be? And the thing that I would tell you, James, is that uh, for, for me, I didn't know this coming out of college, um, but I, I love the energy industry. Uh, it, it's, it's, it's still heavily misunderstood. I think you, I think yep. you guys know that too. It's still heavily yeah. misunderstood for even our piece. Yep. Um, there's, a, there's a class that I, I still teach, Introduction to the Natural Gas Industry. I say teach. I'll call it facilitate, right? You know, to try to facilitate the conversation. And I bet I've done that class 10 or 12 times. And I still learn something. Every time I do it, I learn something. I think about something different. Um, so maybe that's just a curiosity about me. And again, the hashtag always be learning. But always. Uh, James, I, 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 I do love what I do. And um, I love the, uh, the networking piece too. Uh, and, and making sure that I, I try to have some, it's hard to keep a full pulse. You guys do a really good job of this with these conversations, but uh, try to keep a pulse of what's going on and just stay connected and just stay connected. Man, there's just so much going on, you know? Yeah. Yeah, uh, that, I mean, it, there really is. When we talk to folks, our, our industry just continues to roll out even further and further. And, you know, as we bring in more and more technology, we bring in new groups that hopefully we can help bring along in those conversations and turn into champions. Of, of yeah, and, and something I would say, so yeah, good, good term there, James, is, is uh, we're, we're all champions, whether we know it or not, uh, with our neighbors, with our you know, people we go to synagogue or church with, or the little league team, we're all champions. And, and interestingly enough, we're all a trusted resource because, you know, it's somebody that we know that we've got a first name basis with and, whoa, yeah. yeah so you work in this, oh, what does this mean? Or what does that this mean? This is the exact message that Gary sold me on at TGA that day. He's just pulling his cards on me. Yeah, I, right, I am. Though, Gary, I mean, it, you I, really, that was one of the eye-opening moments for me that I do have a voice and I think one of the good things is that it's not like everyone else's, like, That's right. you know, and yep. it does have like what is personal and that I can reach a new audience that other people might not could have. 
And, and, and James, the thing I would say on that is I, for some reason, I think that there's this feeling that I got to have a bullhorn to convince. And I say it's just the opposite because you may, the, you may be the third person that tells somebody something. They're like, huh, I, I believe that now. And, and it's because how you shared it or the, 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 the timing or you are the third person that shared it. Um, you, you don't know when that's going to happen, but uh, you, 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 just, you just engage, you know, just, just uh, Amen. The, 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 Amen. the passion's there. And, and, and last thing I would say kind of on that space is, you know, you could ask me five years ago, Jim, whenever we were walking up and down the hallway and anything I can do for you. And you yep. could have said then, are you going to be working for a research organization in five years? No, <laughs> I wouldn't have guessed that. So my yeah. point in saying that is this, our industry, James or Jim, but one of you said this, our industry, <coughs> our industry is so big. There's so many different things that can be done just within our industry alone. Yes. So you know, if, if you feel like you're doing something now, maybe James, this is getting back to your original question here. If you feel like you're doing something now, then don't feel stuck there because there's a lot of different opportunities to do things with so myself as a civil engineering degree. I would have never guessed that I'd be sitting here chatting with you guys over, you know, a cup of coffee and just hanging out. So <laughs> if you would have told Jim or I that this is what we were doing last year, <laughs> like you're we great. Were giggled, but yeah. yeah. All right, man, Gary. Yeah, wait, wait, Solid. James. I, I have something. I want to. I want to pull something. This is this is brand new. Just came to my. Remember me, ready, Gary. I got three well. questions for you. Answer the first thing that comes to your mind. Okay, ready. Regular or decaf? Oh, regular. Light, medium, or dark? Dark. Cream or sugar? Yes. All right. <laughs> oh, wow. I will I'll say bet. though, on, on the sugar front, um, I used to heavily load it uh, with, with sugar. Four years ago, maybe five years ago, I didn't drink coffee at all. Right. So, and I just started drinking it as a replacement. I used to drink Mountain Dew as my pick-me-up in the morning. Me too. Yeah, yeah. me too. And I cut that out, <laughs> and I, I lost five pounds by just cutting out Mountain Dew because of the sugar. I still kept the sugar in the coffee, but I've I've weaned myself of that. I just yeah. love the taste of coffee. Love the taste uh, of coffee. So I can't imagine Gary Hines and Jim Shower five years ago both hyped up on Mountain Dew. Oh, I would have, I would have three cans. This would be the longest episode on earth if we were both hyped. If we were all hyped up on Mountain Dew, that's for sure. Yeah, I feel so much better since I gave it up too. Yep. Pretty much gave up soft drinks and 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 do enjoy coffee now. Yep. Don't necessarily need it, but I enjoy it. Gary, listen, I, I, we on behalf of James, I can't thank you enough for your time today. It was absolutely great seeing you, catching up hearing what you're doing, your insight into the industry uh, it inspired me and I'm sure it inspired a lot of our audience. So thank you so much for joining us today. Appreciate you guys' time and uh, look forward to being face-to-face. -face. And uh, we, we got an action item to have some barbecue in Houston and where we get we to do. be there. I like it. A deal. For all of our audience, please, uh, you know, uh, check out Gary. You know, uh, he, I know he's on LinkedIn and some other platforms too. So as you can tell, he's a great guy. He likes to share. He likes to make our industry, our world better. His organization does. So check them all out. Um, until next week on Coffee with Jim and James, as I always say, have a great week and please, everyone, stay safe. Take care and we will see you soon. Bye.